Journey to Organization, episode 138, How to Maintain Organization. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization, and today I want to talk to you about maintenance strategies for organization. A few people said to me that they have decluttered a lot in their homes and they have gotten rid of a lot of stuff and now they need to maintain their organization. And that's admirable to want to maintain. (laughs) I'm pleased to hear it and I was glad to get the question. And the thing is, is I said to the people who asked me the question, I'm like, I'm not sure that you're going to like my answer, but here goes. I'm going to answer anyways. And this is where I differ from people like Marie Kondo because I actually have an opinion about this and I feel like she very much leaves this open-ended and doesn't really address this issue is, in my opinion, once you've decluttered, once you've set up a system of organization that works for you, I think that there are two steps in the best way to maintain. So the first step is to constantly keep going through your things and seeing where you can do even better than you did previously. So once you go through a drawer, a closet, a shelf, whatever, once you go through all those spaces, hit them again repeatedly. I mean, there are some spaces that you're not going to go to, you know, once a month and and clear them out. Uh, there are some spaces that you will do that. So, for example, one space where I'm constantly checking is our medicine cabinet. Like, things get moved around. The kids go in there. They take a Tylenol. They take an Advil, whatever. Or I went to get them medicine or I went to take my medicine or they went to get a Band-Aid or they got Neosporin or whatever it was that they went into the medicine cabinet for. It sometimes, it sometimes doesn't always look organized. (laughs) And that's the thing. It's, it gets out of control when people go into the space. So the first thing I, I really would say is to take a second pass at all these spaces especially the ones that are high traffic areas. So yeah, I got to go in there every few weeks and I got to organize the medicine, see what expired or what, you know, we're definitely not going to use. Maybe throw out a little bit of paper from the band-aids, put the, put the Neosporin in the right place. Uh, just some of the band-aids might've fallen out of the container. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't really matter what you had to do in the space. It's just that there has to be this sort of constant vigilance against the clutter. And the thing is, is that once you know where everything goes, once you know where it lives, once you know that you've basically pared down and you only have what you need in that space, it's a lot easier to go back to it and just take five minutes or 10 minutes and tidy it up. That being said, I think it's important to note that sometimes when we do a declutter the first time, we haven't been so thorough because decluttering is hard and sometimes letting go of things can be difficult and we're not exactly sure or we just need a little more practice at doing it. So the first couple of times that you go back and do what I call the second pass, and it could be the third pass or the fourth pass, it doesn't matter, but the first couple of times that you go back to this space, it might take you longer 
then if you do it, you know, after a year of doing these extra passes at it, but the thing is, is over time, it will start to take less and less time. And that's, that's a good thing. The thing that is important to remember is that when you are going through these areas, it's always a good idea to, in addition to tidying them, you should also be looking at an eye of what you can actually let go of. In the medicine cabinet, once you do it one time, in, you know, six months, there's probably not going to be so much you can let go of. Although I do find that sometimes the kids leave empty bottles of like rubbing alcohol or I don't know, an empty tube of Neosporin, something that we can't really get any more out of. Although I have been known to cut open a tube and, you know, get the rest out of the bottom. But the point is, is that you can always take a second pass and you're going to have to constantly go back and tidy these areas, especially the high traffic areas. In the less trafficked areas, like maybe an upper cabinet in your kitchen, you might only hit those places like once or twice a year or every two years even. And, you know, that's okay too. But constantly looking through what you have and seeing, you know, is there anything else that we're not really using and really letting go is important and necessary in the maintenance strategies of organization. The second thing that I think is really important is to not let new things come into your home once you've decluttered. Now, that's like a huge feat. It's not an easy thing to do, especially when you have kids because they're always bringing stuff home or, you know, you went to the grocery store and you brought stuff home. I think what it's important to remember in this stage of maintenance is to shop with intention and purpose, like always shop with a list. And, you know, I've talked about this before, but it's worth mentioning again. I I think talk, shopping with intention and purpose is the probably the most important thing you can do. In the kitchen with food, it's it's less apt, although there's definitely food waste issues in the kitchen. So take a quick look in your fridge. Take a quick look in your cabinets before you go grocery shopping. See if you have anything that needs to get used up and try to plan recipes around using things up and finishing things because that will help you avoid food waste. But I, I think like in other areas, but in other areas of the house, like in your closet, I think you, if you decide you need a white blouse, if you decide you need a black skirt, whatever it is, new leggings, anything, the reason that you're deciding to do that is because you don't have anything in your closet that you feel is suitable. So maybe you have four white shirts in your closet, but they're, they're just not shirts that you're willing to really wear anymore. And so you say to yourself, okay, I need a white shirt. Well, if that's the case, then go ahead and get rid of those four white shirts and buy yourself a new shirt. Because to be honest, if you have four white shirts in your closet and you feel like you need another white shirt, you're not going to wear the ones that you have. So why hold on to them? And it's situations like that that hold us back and clog us up. So if you have things you're not going to use, be honest here and let them go. And I'll deal with the what ifs in a minute, but let me just finish with this thought. The thing is, is that these situations where you feel like you need something new is a totally valid feeling. And if you feel like, you know, what you have just isn't working for you anymore, that's fine. So go to the store with intention and purpose. Go into wherever, whatever store you're going into, 
look around, say, I'm here to buy a white blouse and that's it. And if they don't have one you like, walk out. If if they if you go in for a white blouse and you come out with a black skirt, you haven't shopped with intention and with purpose. Now, if you went to the store and you said, "Okay, I'm going into the store today because I my intention is to buy a white blouse and a black skirt because my black skirt is starting to look a little blah <laughs> and my white shirts are you know not something I feel comfortable in anymore either they're too transparent or they're a little tight or or they're just looking a little yellow whatever it is I don't it doesn't matter what the reason is even what's on your list is a white shirt and a black skirt if you go into the store and you only walk out with a black skirt that's fine you can go to another store and get a white shirt but if you if you are going into the store and you come out with a blue skirt and a tan shirt and, you know, five other pieces that weren't on your list, then what you're doing is you're not shopping with intention and purpose and you're going to mess up your organizational arrangement that you already have and it's going to make maintenance harder. Now, if you go into a store and you do buy something that wasn't on the list, then when you get home, something in that same category has to leave your house because the only way to maintain it is this sort of one in, one out rule. And what you've done by decluttering is you have gone ahead and found your baseline number that you feel comfortable with and you've adjusted to that number. If you start to bring larger numbers into the house or more items into the house, the baseline is going to have to adjust and then you're going to start to feel like you're cluttered again. So what I mean by that is if you decide that when you declutter that 10 shirts is the right amount of shirts for you and you feel comfortable at 10 shirts, great. That's great. If you go to the store thinking that you're going to go ahead and swap out one shirt so that you still have 10, but you go to the store and you buy three shirts, which means you'll swap out one shirt, but you'll add two extra ones. So really you'll have 12 now. That baseline is going to shift. You're not going to have 10 anymore. You're going to have 12. And that might not feel comfortable anymore. And that's when you're going to start to feel cluttered again. So what I, what I suggest is, is when you're also making these lists, decide if the number you currently have, take a quick count through and see how many shirts you have. If I buy one extra, is that going to like make me feel like the baseline is out of whack or is that going to feel okay to me? And I think that that's an important like thing to check in on yourself with because you want to know if what you've decluttered to is really like something, a number that's too low, or if it was a number that you felt comfortable with. If it was something you felt comfortable with, then you want to stick to that number. If it's not something you feel comfortable with, then if you feel like it was too little and you're feeling like a little anemic about it, then go ahead and add one or two pieces to the number. But remember, when you start to add one or two pieces in every category, it gets back to this, you know, level of feeling like you're cluttered again. So be very, very careful because it is a slippery slope, okay? And what I want you to understand is that when you're shopping with intention and purpose and when you're really considering what you're buying, things are going to also last you longer. If you shop with the ideal that I'm going to buy quality items because I have fewer things, I want my things to last longer, 
I'm going to shop with, you know, with the intention that this item is going to be a high quality item, you will end up getting items that are better in your closet and they'll fit better. They'll fit better for longer. The quality will be usually better and they'll look better for longer. So keep that in mind as you're shopping too. Because now you have less, you can afford to spend a little bit more on something that's a little bit better quality because now you're going to force yourself to care for something better because it costs more. And also it will last longer just because it's a higher quality item. And I think that that's really important to note is that when we go out and we you know, need to adjust or filter or whatever, we need to take into consideration the quality of the item that we're buying because at this point what we are putting into our homes is we are valuing quality over quantity and it's it's something that takes time to adjust and balance in yourself but it's important to note that because we have less when we are shopping we want to make sure that what we're adding to our house even if it's going to be a swap and it's going to be equal what's coming into our house is going to last us a long time because no matter if you love shopping or not it's still hard to constantly need to replace things and there's this level of oh my gosh i need to go shopping because i need x y and z if you can minimize that need of going shopping, it's going to help you on the time management aspect of things because you're not always going to have to go shopping. And so that's going to save you when you buy a higher quality, that's going to save you a little bit of time. And in the long run, it probably is going to save you a little bit of money. There's one thing in my life, I wear glasses, there's one thing in my life that I am willing to spend a lot of money on, and that's my glasses. And that's because I don't want to replace them every year because it's annoying. <laughs> I wear them every day. I'm willing to spend money on something that makes me look good. To me, it's like, that's who I am. My glasses are a part of me. And I spend a little bit more money. I buy the lenses that are going to last me a little longer with the special coatings on them because it's better for my eyes and it helps me see better. And when you care for the lenses in that way, that means you have to replace them less frequently, which means I go shopping less, which means I waste less time, which means I'm doing something better for the environment. And it means that I can focus on the people that I love instead of things that I don't love, which I think is a huge thing to focus on in my day-to-day -day life. That being said, <laughs> what's going on right now with Corona are people are having heightened feelings about the what-if situations. And I believe that that's a totally valid response to a global pandemic. Here's the thing. If you haven't needed something in your life right now during the time of a global pandemic, you're probably not going to need it. Right now is the what if time. If you haven't used something in this time period, it's, it's probably time okay, it's, it's an okay time to let things go and to stop worrying about the what ifs. Because even though I know that a lot of people are tightening their belts a little bit, they're being more conscientious about using up all their food, maybe food 
is going to be a little bit harder to get, even though there won't be necessarily food scarcity because food is available, but sometimes going out and actually getting the food is, is difficult. Even though that these situations are real and valid, I think that I think that this is the time where we have to look into ourselves and say, is this just a worry and a panic that I have? Or is this like a real, is this a real thing? And I, I think that there is a difference. For me, sometimes I panic. I'm like, oh no, what am I going to do? I'm going to need this because, you know, we're going to be in quarantine. And sometimes that's a valid feeling. But then I think about it and I'm like, you know what? I'm probably always going to have a way to get what I need. Someone's always going to be able to bring me groceries. Either a friend can bring me groceries or I can order them online. Or even though shipping from the U.S. to Israel has been a little bit shady lately, I feel like I can probably get what I need. Maybe if I don't have it, I don't actually need it. And maybe I'm confusing my needs with my wants. And when I can take a step back and just say to myself, like, whoa, <laughs> you're you're letting the anxiety overtake you, I can step back from it for a minute and say to myself, look, even if this was, you know, the second to last piece of clothing that I owned, or if this food was all that I was able to eat, like I probably wouldn't eat it or I probably wouldn't wear it. And so, so I'm able to say to myself, like, this food is spoiled. <laughs> I can let it go. <laughs> or, you know, this shirt just doesn't fit me and look good on me. I can let it go because even if I lose 10 or 20 pounds, it's not going to look good on me and I won't feel comfortable wearing it and I'm probably not going to wear it. And thank God I have enough other clothes in my life that if I let go of this one shirt, it will be okay. And how I always try to frame it is like this. When I get something, anything, no matter what it is, God has given me blessing. In Hebrew, we say shefa, which is really abundance. And when God has given me the shefa, the abundance of blessing that I have, I can say when when something is no longer serving me anymore, that whatever the blessing was, it's used up. And if I pass the blessing on to somebody else, then I am making more space in my life for new blessing and new shefa and more abundance to come into my life. And it is a terribly difficult thing to think and say to yourself and put into action. And I am constantly reminding myself that this is the situation. Hashem gave this to me, God gave this to me as a blessing, and it's great, and I'm so thankful for it, but now it's no longer serving the purpose of why it came into my life. It's no longer helping me. Maybe it will help somebody else. Let me pass it on to somebody else, and something new and better will come into my life. And it could be secondhand. It could be new, whatever it is. But I have always found this to be true, that when I let something go, something better opens up for me. And I think I mentioned this a few months ago that I sold our second car. 
And at the time, I was really upset. I felt like a huge sense of loss. Yeah, I totally talked about this. I did a whole podcast episode about it. I felt like a real sense of loss. I was like, oh, gosh, I can't believe I had to sell the car or I wanted to sell the car. And it made me feel good because it was just costing us a lot of money and we weren't really using it. And then that was in like November or December. And over the last few weeks, I was thinking to myself back about that feeling that I had about letting go of my car. And now I'm thinking to myself, like, thank God I let it go. Because could you imagine we were sitting here for months without going anywhere in the car? And (laughs) I think we went like six weeks, my husband said, without filling our other car up with gas. And because we weren't going anywhere. And I and I said to myself, like, could you imagine how much money I would have spent in in insurance if I would have just had the car sitting there? I would have had to worry about getting the car tested because the test would have expired Uh, here in Israel. You get like a yearly test on your car. So I would have had to get the the test done on my car and I would have had to go out and be around other people and deal with that and that would have been annoying and I would have had because the car was a hybrid I would have had to go out of the house every couple of days or at least once a week probably and go out and start the car and drive it like around the neighborhood because then the battery would die. (laughs) As I was thinking to myself like gosh it saved me so much headache to get rid of the car And thank God I got rid of it at a time when I could get the most money that I possibly could get for it because now cars are, people are getting rid of their second cars because they can't afford to maintain two cars when they're not really using them. And so now the market is a little bit flooded with cars. And I think to myself, like, thank God I let this car go when I let it go. And now I don't feel any loss about it at all. I mean, definitely sometimes it would come in handy to have a second car still. But I just feel like, wow, when I needed a second car, I can just take a taxi or I can use the car sharing service that's on my street. We have a car to go on my street. So I could just sign up and use that if I really felt like I needed to get to have access to a car full time. And I just I was like, wow, I freaked out about getting rid of this car and I felt like such a sense of loss and such a sense of dissatisfaction from letting it go and what a blessing it turned out to be that I didn't have to deal with the car during this global pandemic and when you can reframe things for yourself in that way those what if situations are easier to cope with so what if I would have not let go of the car well then I would have had a lot to spend a lot of money and had a lot of aggravation dealing with the car. What if I gave away something that I might need in the future? Okay, I think that most of us are in a financial situation where even if we have to buy something cheap later on, we can still get what we need. Most of us have enough stuff I think probably everybody has enough stuff in their life that if you don't have one thing, you'll have something else. And we all have a sense of community. If we don't have what we need, we can reach out to our friends, to our neighbors, to our family and say, I need something. Please help me. And I think that that is 
really what it comes down to is that's what gives us that is where we should be looking for our security in cultivating these relationships with other people knowing that when we need something we can go to them and ask for help so that was a little side tangent (laughs) but but basically just to loop back to maintenance strategies if you are struggling with maintaining organization the best thing you can do is go ahead and take a second pass at your at what you've already done. The next thing you can do is when you decide that you need something or when things are coming into your house in general, be have intention around that. If your kids are bringing something into the house, whatever it is, I find that it's less now because they're not going anywhere, so it's not like they're coming home with stuff from school and things like that. But when people come into your house with things, whether it's your kids coming in with their, you know, treasures or coming in with groceries, whatever it is, be conscientious about what is coming into the house and and ask yourself, okay, the second it crosses the threshold of my front door, where is this item going to live? And if you can't find a place for where it's going to live, don't allow it to come into your house. When you have to bring things into your house, make sure you're bringing them into your house with intention and with purpose. And I think that really is the most important thing. When you're going shopping for food, don't shop from a panic. I'm in a pandemic and I don't know what I'm going to get. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to the grocery store because that causes food waste, which means not only are you wasting food, but you're also throwing away your money because you were scared. When we can shift a little bit and say the abundance is coming to us and we don't have to worry, then it's going to be a lot easier to be able to control that, you know, what if feeling that you sometimes get uh, when you, when you, when you are feeling anxiety and when you feel worried and those are valid, valid feelings. And I think that we have to work really hard to combat them, but it is possible and we can get over them. If you are having trouble getting organized and you can't even get to the maintenance strategies, you just want to get decluttered, I have the perfect contact-free solution. We can do a done-in-a-day declutter online over WhatsApp video chat or Skype or Zoom, whatever you prefer. And what we do is we spend four hours together. At the top of the session, we go through and we make your targets and your goals for the day. And then I give you a list of things, exactly what you're supposed to do, and you go off and you do it. And after 30 minutes, I check in with you. And you are accountable to me. And you have to report what you've done over the last 30 minutes every 30 minutes. And every 30 minutes, we go ahead and we reevaluate where we're at and reassess our goals. Maybe we make new goals. Maybe we make new targets. But every 30 minutes, we are checking in and you are held accountable for all the decluttering you do. So you cannot you cannot just be like, okay, I'm going to start and then not finish because I am there holding your hand every step of the way. So if you're ready to declutter and make a positive impact in your life and get out all the stuff that you no longer want or need in your life, head to balagambigan.com and book a session with me right away for the done in a day declutter. I'm looking forward to speaking to you and doing a done in a day declutter with you. If you have any questions or if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, please reach out to Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at RebeccaSaltzman.com. 
or Rebecca at BalaganBegone.com, whichever is easier for you to remember. For now, I'm wishing you a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaganBegone and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaganBegone.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.